Aren't you thankful today that you can call upon Jesus? Amen? No matter what we're going through, we all go through a battle. I'm going to be preaching again today a war inside of me. We all go through spiritual attacks, spiritual battles, every day and every week of our lives. And, and to start off the sermon this morning, Michelle's going to play a clip from 1965. Uh, it's really amazing. Some stuff that Paul Harvey said on this clip, it, it, the title of it is, If I Were the Devil. Some of you may have seen it, but this happened. He, a lot of stuff that he's saying is almost like he's prophesying because it happened in 19... Some of the stuff he didn't know about. But in 1965 is when he said, if I were the devil. Do you have that ready, Michelle? If I were the devil. If I were the devil... If I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the. So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing, I'd have judges promoting pornography, Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. What'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day.
And then, uh, you know, we're in a battle today. The devil, this was in 1965, but as things, we got more and more, but we're in a battle with the devil. Each and every one of us is in a spiritual warfare every day. Amen? Each one of us are coming under some type of attack. And, and I'm going to read here in a minute in Ephesians chapter 6 again. It's not a physical war. It's not a war that you can just walk up. Somebody says, I'd like to punch the devil in the nose. It don't always come in the form of a devil. Amen? It, but let me tell you this. Your warfare, you're not fighting against your spouse. The warfare you have is not against your children. It's not against your co-workers. It's not against your in-laws. Amen? Some of y'all, and I'll be honest, you don't want to say amen on that one. But it's not against flesh and blood. It's in the spiritual realm. This is what we're fighting as the children of God and His churches today. We're not, we're not fighting other churches. Amen? And we shouldn't be fighting other churches. We're, we're ultimately fighting principalities in heavenly places, in the spiritual realm. It's in the invisible that you cannot see is what we're fighting. And look what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. He says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes or the deceptions of the devil. He says in verse 12, here it is, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of the wicked, wickedness in heavenly places. When I talk about fighting in the spiritual realm, it does no good. It'd be nice if we could fight physical, but it'd be like Ronnie is a, a county manny. And he works for the county. Say he comes in and he's got all of his radio on, he's got his gun on. Ronnie comes into his house and he sits down and turns his TV on. As soon as he turns his TV on, he sees, he sees someone robbing a bank. Or he may turn it on, he may see, say, see someone uh, even trying to rape another woman. Or whatever it may be, he sees a crime, a bad crime going on. Ronnie says, I wish I could fix that, but it's in a TV. So Ronnie says, I'll fix it. He just pulls his revolver out and shoots his TV four times. He cured that just temporarily. Amen? He shot, but ultimately, he did not cure it. Because it's on TV. He could not physically get in and get the robber. Or the criminal. Now he shot the TV. More than likely, Ronnie's got a bigger mess now because he's got to clean his TV up. Off the floor and he's got to go buy a new one. So ultimately, now when we talk about spiritual warfare, the war, the, the, the overall war has already been won. Jesus Christ conquered that on the day that He died on the cross and they put Him in that tomb and He resurrected three days later. Jesus ultimately has won the war. Amen? That's why we can say, devil, the war is won. Now, you say, well, if the war is won, then why do I battle so much every day? Because Jesus Christ ultimately won the war, but He's... Listen, the devil's out every day in every spiritual attack and every, every spiritual uh, warfare that we go through. He's trying to do anything to discourage us. The reason we get discouraged is that second verse there. Go back to verse 11. It says, put on the whole armor of God. This is the reason why the devil's winning. This is why we fall back. We're, we're complete in Christ. We have been ultimately, we have won. We know that we are victors. Amen? 
The Bible says we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The problem is, is I don't wake up every Monday morning when, like I need to, Tim, and put on my armor. And the first time I leave my armor at home and think, I can go do my job, I can raise my family, I can do what, Lord, I can handle this, and I take off that breastplate, I am giving in to Satan and his tactics. Because as long as I stay armored up, as long as I stay, have, have faith and, and have my sword of the Spirit with me, but there's a lot of times I'll say, Jesus, I got this, and I'll lay my Bible down. We can never defeat the enemy without the power of God's Word. And if you think you can just call out Jesus' name out of your voice and defeat Him, you're wrong. Now you say, oh, Brother George, don't believe in the name. I, that's, you, hang on. You're already letting the devil in. Put your helmet back on. Amen? What I'm saying is, is we can't defeat the devil by just going to church on Sunday morning. Amen? That's not meaning power in the name of Jesus because you sit on a pew and check the box off this morning and said, I heard Brother George preach. I did my duty. I went to church and we laid the Bible on the shelf. We put the helmet in the closet. We put the sword on the back of the couch and we go off and try to live life and wonder why the devil is getting the upper hand in my marriage, in my job, with me, emotionally I'm depressed. Is because we leave all that armor. God said, listen, I have died for you. I have given you everything you need to have complete victory over whatever problem you're going through today. Whatever situation you're in, I have given you. You've already won the battle. But it's your responsibility to put on the armor of God every day. Amen? Amen. To put our armor on and suit up. Now, most of us wouldn't... You wouldn't walk out of the house with a shirt and your underwear on. <laughs> you say, you're funny, Brother George. But that's what we look like spiritually sometimes. We don't suit up. God says get fully dressed. There's no way I'm going to preach in front of y'all unless I'm fully dressed. Amen? I try to wear big shirts to cover the big belly. Amen? I wear nothing tight. It's got to be loose as a goose. And free. I'm coming fully dressed when I come to church. Why do we not come fully dressed when we get up every morning to go to our jobs? We'd have a whole lot less depressed Christians. If we would be fully dressed when we come to worship on Sunday, we might look like a worshiping bunch of people that have victory through Jesus Christ instead of being defeated by Satan and all of his demonic forces. Amen? And God is saying... Listen, guys, I've given y'all the victory. You've got to understand if you are a child of God this morning, if you are saved, and at one point now, when I say saved, that don't mean to be your membership. A lot of Christians today think they're Christians because their name is on a church row. Just because your name is on a church row and your parents went there 40 years does not mean you know Jesus Christ. And salvation is not inherited. It's not a hand-me-down. You've got to go through the way just like everybody else has before you, like the Bible says. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through the one door, through the way, and that's through Jesus. At one point in your life, you've had to surrender and make Him Lordship King of your heart. If you did not do that this morning, you are walking around with a bunch of religious activity and religious lingo in your mind that somebody told you to do or prayed for you to do, you've got to make that one commitment and He'll change your life forever. Amen? 
But then after we're saved, we got some armor we can put on. And, I'm, and I may preach on the armor later. But God says, the reason you're being defeated is you're not suiting up. I have provided everything for ultimate victory. But you're not walking in it because you won't wear it. God give us all the tools to be victorious. It's our responsibility to read, to pray, to be obedient, to experience. I, I, I would be very... Not far off, a lot of Christians don't experience what God gave them at salvation. They experience the high of salvation. They experience the excitement of salvation for about three or four months, six months, and then it starts wearing off. Oh, they might keep coming to church if somebody calls them. <laughs> Amen? Amen? They might get excited, well, brother so-and-so come. Brother George said, I, I really need to be there, so I'm going to come. But I'm talking about to really have a, a really long walk to be discipled by the Holy Spirit and by the church. To be able to turn into the, to the person that you need to get over the problems that you have. Because some of us are walking over the same, tripping over the same, wallowing in the same problem we have for the last five years. The last ten years. The fifteen years. And, and, and you know sometimes I think God looks up here, He looks at me this way. George, you big dummy! Why can't you get over that problem? All you got to do is suit up and put on the armor. You're not facing it. Your problem isn't your wife. Your problem isn't your kids. The problem that you're experiencing, the dryness, the life that's been squeezed out of you from spiritual attacks, is not the church's fault. Amen. And I'm here, I want to preach on that. I'm sick and tired of people blaming the preacher and blaming the church for their mess-ups and their sins. If you don't repent and turn your back and walk away, don't expect God to show up big in your life. Amen? Don't keep walking in that same sin day after day and expecting to be refreshed and revived. Amen. It's simple. But you know, preachers and churches, they, if, if any attacks are going to come and bad things happen, they're the first one to get blindfolded and put up on the shooting gallery. Amen? And it's not that. That battle is up in the heavenlies that you're fighting. It's something in the heavenlies that's going on. It's not physical. Look in, uh, first, look in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. I want to read some facts before I read this. I wrote down some facts. Michelle, I hope I give them to you. If not, I've got them. Look at this. Fact number one. I've got to hurry. It's five till. Fact number one. God has objectively defeated Satan and his agenda. Amen? How many of y'all believe that before I move on? God has objected. Now, if you believe this, God... Listen, you ought to be able to wake up tomorrow and say, Hey, God has... Uh, Satan's attacking me. Spiritual attacks are coming. God has won the ultimate victory. He's won the war, but I still got a battle every day. My eternal life is secure. I know where I'm going when I die. I got confidence in Jesus Christ that He's going to, listen, He's going to be confident and He's going to work through me. He, he's going to be with me until, until Jesus comes back. But God has objectively defeated Satan and His agenda. But I had another part. I don't think I'd give you that, Michelle. I'll read the second part. Did I? No, I didn't. Christ has delivered us... Just leave it right there, Michelle. Christ has delivered us from sin's penalty, power, and will deliver us from sin's presence. And a lot of Christians do not believe that. He has delivered us from the sin, 
He has wiped us clean. We've been saved. We've been purified. We've been made new. But not only... Listen, you're not... Just because you got saved... A lot of people think, well, I got saved. I'll never sin again. Wrong! Your soul is saved. You are clean. You are justified. You have been set free. But you still live in a flesh that you're going to battle with every day of your life. Some of y'all already are battling sitting here saying, Oh, good Lord, He said it was 5 till and it'll be 12.30 now. It's going to be late again. You're battling. Some of y'all battled just to get to church this morning. Amen? Some of y'all woke up, heard that boom. Oh, Jesus, I love you, but this, I'm going to stay in bed. It's wet. Don't you love how Christian folks do? It's too wet. I'll get my hair wet going from the car to the church. It's nasty. I'll get my heels wet. You worked in the garden yesterday in the rain in rubber boots, tilling and pulling weeds. You went and sit in the rain watching your kids play ball under an umbrella. Amen? Amen. But when the Sunday morning kicks, that is spiritual warfare. Whether you believe it or not, the devil is after you. He's battling for your family. He's battling for your mind. He's battling for your testimony. He's battling for your standards, your morals. He's battling for it all. You say, well, I stayed home. He didn't get my morals. He took a chink because you don't have your armor on. He stole a piece from you. You say, well, what does that mean? Because He takes a piece here, and a piece there, and a piece here, and a piece there. And in about a month, them pieces add up to be a lot of armor. <laughs> and so he don't, the devil don't come in. He's a roaring lion seeking to make devour, but he sneaks. He sneaks upon your family. He crouches down. He, oh, you start to read your Bible? He gets real still. But tomorrow she'll put it down and I can pounce. She'll forget to pray. She'll forget. It just amazes me how we don't realize we, we would be a whole lot more on fire for Jesus if we truly believe God has ejectly defeated Satan. But see, as Baptists, we get really spiritually lazy under the security of the believer. Amen? We get really lazy. That, 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 that being, because I'm held in the palm of God's hand, and I truly believe He's not going to let go of me. That doesn't mean that i got an insurance fire policy out there. I can just go do what I want to do. He's got me. Listen, if you're a child of God, you're going to fall, you're going to sin. Amen? How many of y'all believe that? Christians sin. But you turn from it and walk away and at some point you have to say, Jesus, I know you've won the war, but I'm going through spiritual warfare. I've done th- Lord, forgive me. I repent. I want to get back to my original condition, what I felt like when I first knew you. I want to feel fresh and restored and clean. Instead of feeling bogged down and burdened and grumpy and nasty and hard-hearted and negative. Spew it out of your mouth like a serpent. To my marriage and to my kids. Lord, help me get back and know that You have won the battle. The ultimate war, You have won. Amen?
Let me read this second one. Put the second one up there, Michelle. Because i got a verse i got to read to go with it. As believers, we have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And we have all rights. Here it goes. Guys, wake up. This is your part. A lot of us yawn at salvation. We need to wake up. There's something that comes with it. We're not here just to be saved, get put on a church member row, sit back, soak up a sermon, burp me, Brother George. Burp! Amen? That's what a lot of Christians today are like. They come in, they want to get filled up, they want to get goosebumps by me when I preach, and I'm a motivated speaker, and I want you to be motivated for Jesus, but it's got to last a little longer till you crank that ignition on the way down the road. The reason we don't, this is why we can't hang in there. We can't stand and be immovable in our faith. Is because we forget about or don't realize the rights, the privileges, the position that comes with being a child of God. You have rights. Quit taking it from the devil. We as churches and as Christians have got to quit just, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Look at what Paul Harvey said. Yes, we live in a world that's full of sin. But don't give up and just let your kids go to pot. And that can be take both ways, however you want to take it. Well, I'm going to give up on marriage. We've been fighting the last two weeks, going on two months now. We can't even go in the washer room and wash clothes without fighting over which detergent I need and how much. How do we just give it up and we'll call it quits? You need to know you got rights and privileges and position that comes with being a child of God. You need to recognize it's not your wife. It's not your kids pulling your hair out. It's the enemy, the forces of darkness and heavenly places coming to destroy what God is trying to lead you into. Satan's real, guys. We need to acknowledge there's warfare. As believers, we're complete. You say, well, how, do we, how are we complete in Christ? Go to uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Well, let, let's, let's back up. Go to that one. I'll go ahead and get that right there. No, three. I'm sorry. Three. There. Blessed be the God. Here's what you got. The moment you accepted Christ, wherever you was at, when Christ came into your life and changed you, this is what God give you in replace of your old lost condition. When He came in and wiped all your slate away and cleaned you and purified you from the blood of the Lamb that had been applied to your heart, this is what God give you. This is your rights and your privilege and your position is all sitting there waiting for you in heavenly places. But we've got to grab them by faith. By faith, I've got to pray. Amen? I mean, just because you're a child of God, we think it's a given. I'm saved. All i got to do is walk around with Christian on a t-shirt and the devil ain't going to mess with me. And here's what a lot of Baptists believe, and this is really wrong. I'm saved. I'm okay. I'll never have... Who cares? i got eternal life. They feel like because they crossed the line of salvation into justification, whew, it's over with. They sit down and say, Okay. You have church now. I'm going to heaven. And the whole time, the devil is tearing our houses apart, tearing our families apart, tearing our churches apart, because people think the finish line is getting saved. 
That is not the finish line, church. The finish line is to move on into deeper things, to get off the milk of the Word and to get into the deeper things that God has for your life and your family. And that's why I constantly challenge this church. I don't want a church a bunch of just a bunch of saved people. Amen? We know if you're saved, you're going to heaven. But what now? we got families to raise. Kids that's going to have to go out and have spiritual warfare at school. At the mall. At the movies. At the TV screen. On the radio. But I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. You're saved and going to heaven and your family's falling apart and maybe going to hell. Oh, you said hell. Oh. Because it's real as heaven is. Amen? I'm tired of beating around a bush about it. If you don't know Jesus today, that's where you spend eternity at, my friend. They're not going to hold you nowhere. You're going straight there. Blessed be the God of the fathers of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in where? You say, well, I don't see my blessings. You've got to quit walking around and just being saved. Live it. Act like it. Walk it out. Have faith. Put it on the armor of God. You might see a difference in your walk. Well, Brother George, my mouth has really been nasty lately. You're taking something off. Well, I'm looking at bad internet porn sites. You're taking your armor off. Everybody says, I can't believe you said that. That's the devil trying to win. We can't preach about it, but we go home and do it. Amen. Amen. Wouldn't it be nice for once to come home and not fight one evening with your wife? Amen, honey. You say, well, I don't know about you, Brother George. I fight every day with my wife, and I fight every day with my kids, and I grumble with my co-workers, and I can't stand my boss. My kids don't mind. I can't pay the bills on time. I got this. I'm always behind. It's because you're walking around without the armor of God. You're not putting on Christ. That's what the armor of God is all about. You have complete victory, but every day you've got to wake up and say, I'm putting on Jesus when I go to the job. Amen. I'm not going in my flesh and under George. I'm going in Jesus' name. Then, when you're under authority and realize you're right and your privileges, you have power granted to you in heavenly places that He's ready to pour out upon you and you experience. And by the way, a lot of Baptists don't experience none of the Spirit but going to church calling themselves saved. I understand that. I've done seen it this week. People say, ah, we don't do fasting in our church. These are other Baptist churches. We don't do fasting. We call them diets. I said, it ain't a diet, baby. <laughs> Jesus didn't say you can only cast out... It wouldn't have been funny. We can't cast out this... Master, Rabbi, your disciples cannot cast out this demon out of my boy. Peter, why can't you do it? We've been dieting, but we just can't do it. It's not a diet. Sometimes when you want to put on Christ, 
You've got to separate yourself from this stinking world. And its influence is to get more of Christ in your life. And going to church and just sitting here today and going home and putting the Bible on the shelf and if this is all the Bible some of y'all get is on his screen, you're getting defeated by the devil every day. I'm not being mean. I'm preaching today. This is from God. We're blessed with every spiritual gift. We just got to wake up and realize it. Quit being depressed every time something bad happens. Look and say, Jesus is in it somewhere. I got to put Him on and find Him. Yes. Amen? Amen? Well, Brother George, you don't, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know your marriage condition. I don't know your financial condition. But I know if you're putting on Christ every day, you've got a different outlook. Let me give you an example. I did this this week on ESPN. I, wish, I, wanted, I tried to call Casey and tell him. It was Arkansas... Versus LSU. It was back when, remember when, uh, what's that quarterback we had uh, that threw the catch against LSU right in the last minute and we won? No, but yeah, Matt Jones. Casey, that's Casey Dick. That's who it was. Casey Dick. They, I love them jokers. Were so high on themselves. Them LSU fans. They were. I mean, mmm. <laughs> They were stuck on their sales when they come to town. They're like number one and number two, and we got a brand new coach called Bobby Petrino, and we ain't, we can't hardly win four games. They come, and this is the way the devil works. They LSU come in there all prideful, thinking they just gonna walk through the hogs. But I'm watching this on TV, and now listen, this is the difference of knowing you've got complete ultimate victory in Jesus Christ. When I watch that game live. Oh man, when he, I was on the edge of my seat the whole, every minute, every play, every quarter, man, I was just, I was worried, I was sweating, I was fretting, because we got behind and then we got ahead, and, got, and I, I was just, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. In the end, I found out, but when I watched it this week, I had none of them feelings. When it come on, I've seen them score a touchdown. LSU scored right off the bat. And I said, it don't matter. Score 40. I didn't watch the game four years ago. This is ESPN Classic. I know who's winning. <laughs> we win in the end. And so it changed my whole perspective of how I viewed the Arkansas-LSU game. I wasn't fidgety. I wasn't non-trusting. I wasn't wary and anxious. I knew, hey brother, bad things are coming our way this first half. We may fumble three times. We may throw two interceptions. But LSU, you old devil! <laughs> we win in the end. And we may not win them all, but Casey Johnson, if you're hearing this on the internet, we've won a lot more than we lost, by the way. Thank you. It changed your perspective. You're not fidgety. That's why we ought to wake up every day, church. Every day we should wake up knowing that we are victors. Every blessing and every victory as a believer has your name on it. But you're not claiming it. You're not stepping up in faith. And this is what we've got to see sometimes. You don't do your spiritual life like your business. We need to run this church with business ideas 
and keep things in order and keep things called up. But there's going to be some things you've got to step out and do when you can't see it. Y'all listen, Pleasant Hill. If we get back to that stage of saying we've got to see it before we step out and do it, we're going to go right back to the old days. Amen? You say, well, they're not, they're not, listen, the old days, the people hung in there, it was good, but you ask Mary and Levi, I'll take today and not yesterday. I don't want to go back to a church of 15 people barely paying the light bills. and barely, Oh, I would be sitting there fidgety. And, I'd be like that Cheetos tiger. I mean, it'd be just going crazy. Man. That's free, devil. You ain't getting that one back. We need to know that we're complete in Christ. But you're going to have to wake up today God, through the Holy Spirit, somehow has got to wake some folks up in here and let them know, put the armor on. Just because you're saved and you know you're going to heaven, you've got to trust Me. You've got to be obedient to Me every day. Yes, you're going to fail. You may be obedient on Monday and disobedient on Tuesday. Amen? How many of y'all ever... Now here it goes. Be honest. How many's ever been disobedient to Christ? I'm glad I wasn't the only one. Thank y'all for that hand. You're going to have up days. Things are going to go great. You're going to have down days. Things are going to go terrible. But you know what? It's a season. I love Facebook people. (laughs) Facebook people, a lot of them put all their bad stuff and how bad they got it, and how bad their wife and husband is, but they never tell nobody the good stuff. You know what people like that are? They're walking around half-dressed, spiritually, if they know Jesus. And some of these claim to be Christians. They're walking around half-dressed because they're... Listen, if you feel yourself today, I'm fixing to close. If you feel yourself today slipping away, feel like life is being squeezed out of you from situations, conditions. You feel like, you, man, I used to be vibrant and excited for Jesus, but I feel, like I feel like my marriage is being choked. I feel like I'm being choked in my job and relationships and just the life is being squeezed out of me. You're walking around not putting on Christ. Because go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. Jesus holds all things together, church. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask you that you may be filled with knowledge of His will, all wisdom and spiritual understanding. You get that when you put on Christ. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and long-suffering and joy. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance. Guys, you're not living according to, you're living out of if you're a child of God. Amen? You say, what's according to and out of? If Here's what most Christians are living according to. According to is 
Say Rick's got $4.5 million in his back pocket right now. If he did, we passing the plates. But let's just pretend. He's got $4.5 million in his back pocket. I go up to him. I said, Rick, I heard you have $4.5 million. Can you give me some money according, according to that millions? He gives me $1. That's according. But when I go up, and like this verse Paul is saying, this is what it means in the Greek, it means out of. I say, hey, can you give me some money out of your $4.5 million bass you caught on Saturday night in Trader Bills? And he gives me a percentage in half or even more, that's out of. A lot of us are just a living with one little dollar. And we've got an inheritance waiting for us, but we'll never achieve it until we put on Christ. We gotta put him on because he holds go to the next one, Michelle. Because here's He has delivered us from the power of darkness. He has conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son in his love. Next. In whom we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things are created, that all things are in heaven that are on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him. He holds them all. Jesus is superior to any darkness in heavenly place. Any principality or power... He's greater. He created... It says, and before all things. And He is before all things. And in Him all things consist. He holds all things together. And I want to, I want to get a couple guys... I'm going to close with this. Because this is where our church is at. We need to be... Did I ever, did I ever give you... Ask you about the picture of the redwood... I want y'all to look at this. I found this this week. And these are red, the redwoods over in... These are small ones, but there's some big ones in the background. There they are. These, these, these trees are humongous. And even though we as children of God, we, we, we can become big in and through Christ. I mean, we're able to stand to be immovable. I mean, we're able to stand withstand His fiery darts by suiting up. But there's still one quality this church is going to have to have. Because one person standing... The thing about the Redwoods is they're humongous, gigantic, just beautiful, big old trees. The problem with them, their roots don't go very deep. If I took that... If you notice, there's a big stand of Redwoods. If I took that one Redwood and took it out in my cow pasture where I live, and it's like 250 acres, no tree around it, and that dude sprung up and, and lived... There's some winds coming here in a little bit with this storm. That redwood could not stand an Arkansas thunderstorm. Because its roots don't go deep. Now, how do they, how do they withstand the storms of life? And this is why church should be important to you. Amen? People that don't think church is important, they don't know all they need to know about Jesus. Amen? Church is not full of a bunch of hypocrites, guys. They're at Walmart and you buy their food, so quit complaining. We're all fall short of the glory of God anyway. But the reason these redwoods can stand the test of time and the reason this church is going to stand the test of time, it's not because one preacher stands up here rooted. It's because... Here we go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
Is it because we got a redwood here? <laughs> oh, I'm going to use Uncle Archie. <laughs> got a redwood here? Don't you know Archie? Oh, yeah. Okay, come on. You're going to be his redwood brother. All right. Right over here. Stand beside him. No. Come on, brother. Bob, come on, brother. Look here, y'all can't be. I got all new people for this presentation. Now, poor old Randy. But Randy, listen, here we are, guys. We're going to try to make it as a church and with our families. Sometimes that saying is true, it takes a village to raise a family. If Randy stood around, the winds are going to blow him pretty easy. Amen? Amen? That's what it looks like when you try... Listen. This is what it tries when you say, Randy says, I can make it without my church. If it's a... Listen, if it's a gospel-believing, Bible-preaching, Spirit-filled church, you can't do without it. Oh yeah, I can. No, you can't. You say, well, I'll start fighting back. Go ahead. Go ahead. Come on. He don't want to fight the preacher. See? He's getting hammered by the devil. But, when I act like that Redwood, and we get over here, he's hurt. He comes in and, and, hey, he repents and gets things right in his life. And the church, hey, we're, we're a loving church. We'll accept you and love you and say, let's go. Amen. 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 And so he starts hooking up with Archie and Levi and Noel. Starts hooking up with Bob. Now, when the devil comes by, <laughs> Amen. Look at him. He's even getting a little cocky because he's connected to the church. Amen. He thinks he's something now because he's in the church. See, all these guys, they're intertwining their faith and their love and their support and their courage all together. And the devil can't whip it when... Hang on. He may fall you. He ain't going to fall. What if he starts right here? Hang on to him, guys. Y'all better hang on to him. That's why Jesus said the gates of hell shall prevail, but it will not win. Amen? Upon this rock I'll build my church. The gates of hell shall prevail against it, but it shall not fall. Amen? Heavenly Father, we love You this morning. Help us to understand the war that's going on inside of each one of us today. Or there may be some here that's feeling defeated. They're feeling bombarded by the devil's attacks and his schemes. And maybe they've even been deceived to thinking that they can do it on their own strength. And they don't need church. We don't need Jesus. We need... All I need is my family. Your family needs Jesus. As we've just seen right here, I can pull one church member out and the devil can attack. And he can defeat and stomp and push and push and topple over his whole life. But when we're connected to each other and standing firm in the faith of Jesus Christ, upon this rock, I'll build my church. That's Jesus. That's not building upon no preacher, not Peter. That's upon Jesus Christ, the head and the chief cornerstone of the foundation. 
Is He your chief cornerstone? Is He your foundation this morning? Or do you feel like the life's being sucked out of you? Squeezed out of whatever situation you're in? You need to realize that you're complete in Christ this morning, but you've got to get up from where you're at this morning by faith and put it on. Put Christ on. Yes, you're going to fall. Yes, you're going to stumble. But you still got to put Him on. Because that's how you're going to get picked up and restored and refreshed and renewed and covered. That's why it's called grace. But for all that to kick in, guys, we've got to have a repentant heart. We can't properly walk away and say, they don't love me down there no more. Well, sometimes we've got to repent and turn from our ways and surrender our hearts and our lives to Jesus. Well, I'm saved, Brother George. you still got to repent. I don't care if you've been saved 40 years. you still got to ask God for forgiveness and things in your life. Say, Jesus, I'm putting you on. Come back and be stronger in my life more than ever. Be with me and my family, Lord. Be stronger in my family. It takes a praying, a praying warrior, a surrendering warrior that says, Jesus, I need you. Sometimes some of y'all sitting here this morning may not know what to say, what to do. Let me tell you this. All you got to say is, Jesus. 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 I'm hurting. The life is about pulled out of me. I need Jesus. And He comes and He hears that whisper. Whether you whisper it in your spirit or you say it vocally. He'll speak to your conscience this morning. You don't even have to move to feel Jesus. But your heart's got to be positioned in the right position to feel Him. Lord, position us this morning to feel Your Spirit during this altar call. Lord, renew and restore some things in our lives and the war that's going on inside of me. Show us that we, we've won the war. We may fight some battles, but Jesus, we're completing You. But we've got to realize we've got a position in Christ and a privilege in Christ. And Lord, I, I'm not using that. Teach me today, Lord, how to be complete by putting on Your armor and putting on You and linking me up with the church. I've tried it. I've been out of church for three weeks and a month. And now you're back today maybe. And you're sitting going, boy, it's good to be in church. Because you need to get linked up with a bunch of redwoods in this church to be able to stand. Heavenly Father, You have Your way in this service this morning. Lord, we, we give it all to You this morning. Lord, when I preach, I want to just lay it out there. Lay it out there and let Your Spirit move and speak to each person in here. Lord, everyone's here for a reason this morning. And Lord, You've got something special for everyone in here. You want to speak to everyone's heart. Because there's a war going on inside of every person in here. Our flesh is willing, but our spirits are weak. Lord, come and strengthen us this morning. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Y'all guys can be seated. Let's all stand this morning. Come, the altars are open. Do you feel like that war is inside of you this morning? Do you feel like you're losing